Welcome to the Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. Larry is the author of over 40 books, the founder of Dove International, a worldwide family of churches and ministries in six continents, and has over 50 years of leadership experience. He and his guests will share inspirational leadership insights from their journey with God. These insights, gleaned from serving leaders in many nations, will transform your life and leadership. For more information on Larry's books and resources, visit LarryKreider.com. We are so glad you joined us for our discussion again today on leadership. With me again, returning, is Merle Shank. Oh, man, it's so good to be here, Larry. <laughs> it's great. To, yeah. Well, we've talked in the past about transitions in leadership, but right. there's so much more I know that God's taught you about that. So let's just dive in. Sure. Talk, talk to me more <laughs> about how to handle transitions in leadership from every angle. Okay, well, so, yeah, part of this, I, you know, I just had this uh, epiphany the other yeah. day that... I am busy in different capacities yes. walking through five different transitions at the moment. Like, at the same time. At the same time. Well, yeah, in process with different ones uh, or on teams that are helping to process different things. And six, actually, if you count you know, us moving our family <laughs> oh, across my. the world six, uh, within the last five years. And so... Um, I don't know, Larry, if I could say I've learned these things right. yet. But what are you I learning? I'm observing okay. certain things. Wait, you know, that, talk, talk to me about that. Um, what are some things you're observing you've seen thus far? So when we transitioned from being the lead founding pastor of a church in South Africa, in Cape Town, yeah. um, one of the things that we really looked at was helping people be okay with that. So, I mean, transition is hard. It is. You really have to be... Um, okay with uncertainty you yeah. have to be com yeah. you have to commit yourself to be comfortable yeah. with uncertainty it's like change a, right. change in life is tough so there's yeah. a whole change man management process to go through one of the things that we did you know there's there's those four type of adapters yeah. you know the, you have the fast adapters right that, like you tell them and by the end of the conversation they're already like right what does this mean for the next step they're right. already like right. what does this mean for me and that's a very small percentage of people though right yeah <laughs> very small and then yeah. you have the middle adapters where it's going to take them a little bit to process right. this and it's going to take them a little bit to kind of talk this out right. some of them right. need to talk about some need to need to go in a quiet place and sit and think and right. Right, right. And then you have slow adapters, yeah. which are even more. That It will take them a lot more yes. time. Uh, and really, time is your friend in mm -hmm. a transition. Like, there's just, right. you know, uh, as leaders on the leadership side, we can be like, you know, sometimes it can feel too long, or t depending if you're the leader that is, is looking to move out or move in, that can feel long. But I think for everybody else, time is a friend. Time is right. something that helps, right. you know, helps them process, helps them transition. And then you have the fourth level, which is the non-adapters, which, you know. Which, uh, <laughs> what are they like? Well, <laughs> they just don't I don't change. know. Yeah, they, well, they just, they'll, they'll never be happy with it. You know, like 10 years down the road, they'll still be like, well, we would, we would really like yeah. it if, if that, so, if so-and-so yeah. was still the pastor or yeah. whatever. Now, of those four categories, which is the largest, you know? Uh, I don't know, but I would guess probably the yeah. middle to, I think to so. long. Yeah, I think the, the two middle ones are yeah. probably the most people are yeah. in that category, which obviously as leaders, we need to remember that. Right. Because most leaders are fast adapters. Especially if you're, you know, in the DISC profile, if you have right. a D or an I, you right. tend to be a little higher, sure. uh, faster mode, uh, in terms of change. And right. what does that mean? One of the things that we really tried to do uh, well is that we, you know, in that, 
giving people and actually setting up space to process. I mean, I, so you talk, you know, in the news and everything recently, it talks about safe spaces and all right, that kind right, of thing. Right, right, right. Well, so not to go in that direction, but it's really important to help people process. Yes. And how we did that is, you know, when we when we rolled out kind of the change process, the change decision mm -hmm. was allow like saying, um, getting our inner team. First of all, we wanted to honor our inner team, yes. you know, in, the, in yes. terms of relationship and what they've sowed in the ministry and, and walking with us for a long time. We wanted to honor that. Yes. And the way you honor that is information. Yes. So information, just saying, hey, this is where we're going. This is what we're, what's happening, what we're doing. So we obviously, or, or we told all of them first. Right. And we said, hey, anything you need to process, like you don't need to tell anybody else right now, uh, but we want to let you know that this is happening. And if you have questions, if you need to process, yeah. process with us, process with the, with, you know, the, the core elder teams or process, you know, uh, dialogue with us. We'll take you out for coffee, whatever right. you need, whatever you need to kind of yeah. go through this. And we gave them time a few months to kind of get used to that idea. And then we said, listen, we need you to be this sounding board for others. Yes. We need you to be like the same type of process we've opened for you. That's good we leadership. want you to do that for other people now. Yeah. So as we tell the next step that we did is we told all of the older people in the congregation, Larry, because you know, there's, there's one thing that like transition affects everybody. And the principle there is that like, and I think maybe we've said it or you've heard, you hear it elsewhere, but the principle there is that as much as some thing affects people, they need to have buy into it. That's right. And they need to have the time to process right. that. And so transition affects everybody. Exactly. And so we really wanted to honor the older generation um, for what they bring, the sure. stability they bring, the input that they bring to the congregation, you know, and a lot of times too, when it terms when in terms of like vision and, and training and Correct. doing new things, the older generation can also feel a little left out. Mm -hmm. Like they can feel mm -hmm. like, Oh, and they can always almost feel like they're always late to the party. Right. They don't know what's going on. They don't know. Right. Because of just maybe the stage in life and, and, you know, we wanted to move opposite of that. We wanted to say, you know, we want to let you guys know first mm -hmm. because this is, you know, we we're going to need the the parental, the grandparental figures in the church to help people process this, and we want you guys to be a part of that, mm -hmm. it, you know, to help that process happen. So we kind of we told them next, and then we said, here's all, you know, all of these leaders know. You can ask any one of them. You can talk to any one of them. Yes. You can feedback to any one of them and vent, really, to any one of them. And this is one thing I've learned, Larry, is that people will, uh, uh, they will feedback. They need to process, yeah, you do. know, especially if people are verbal processors. They will process. And you can't always dictate where that's going to happen. Right. I, you know, I've right. been in, it wasn't in the ministry we're currently walking in now, but I've been in structures where they almost like give a gag order. Right. And, you know, like, oh, don't talk about this to anybody. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a secret. It's right. Not, and man, that's really tough for people. And what I found is that people don't listen to that anyway. 
Yeah, they'll, they'll find someone to process with. Right. Because they need to. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And, and I think we need to give people the space to do that. So right. you're starting with the vision God's given you. You're going to your leadership. You're getting buy-in. There's a sense of ownership, stewardship. And then you right. said you go to those who've been around a long time. What yeah. about key influencers? I mean, before do you go to them before you go to everybody? They may not be old necessarily. Sure. Right. But you know they're really influential people. They're opinionated, very influential. How do you handle right. that? You know, for me, I I tend to I because of the way I see things, sure. I'm a little more structural. So, yeah. if those key influencers are a part of like an official leadership okay. capacity, okay. then yes. If they're not, I think they would kind of be told right away when we t would tell like the second, okay, okay, the second okay. generation okay. there. And it depends what you mean by key influences too. Like if someone, if you're talking about somebody who just has influence because they talk a lot, right? You would probably not let them know. Right no, away. That, that. just we all know there are. You know, sometimes we talk about general elders in the faith. Sure. And sometimes yeah. they're older, and yeah. sometimes you just you just know that yeah. they're key people in the in the church or in yeah. the ministry or whatever the realm of authority is. Yeah, and anything to help bring stability to people. Yes, and anything to help create a place where people can process well. And that's right. really the key. You know, we we did it kind of in three phases. Sure. Three, but, uh, you know, it was the inner team and then the, the older generation plus, you know, key influencers and then everybody. Yeah. You know, uh, so that by the time we hit a public announcement, it was not a surprise to anyone. Right. You know, and that's the that's the thing. Like people are shocked by surprise. Yes. So you don't want to surprise people. You don't want to. You know, they're surprised. I think in our in our life, we're surprised about enough. You know, yeah. Uh, and so, being able to create that that space, and really, that's the that's the key. You know, however you do it, is creating a place for people to process. Mm -hmm. And and so that is the that principle: way. creating a place for people to process, honoring those. It's a culture of honor, really. Right. Honoring those yeah. who really walk yeah. closely with you first, and yeah. then those who've been around a long time. Mm -hmm. Those who are you call those who are older, which makes sense. Yeah. And then eventually get to the place where you open the book to everybody. Yeah. And and you know that people come in these four categories. You know they're wired according to the four categories that you talked about. And some people still won't get it, and that's okay. Right. There, there'll yeah. be a few people, and you cannot let the the tail wag the dog, so to speak. Enough. Right. Right. And one yeah, one of those things too in that is when you know when you walk out that whole process is communicate what you know and then also communicate what you don't know that's good i that's think good. a lot of times we you know as leaders we feel the burden to communicate everything or communicate vision for every area right. and sometimes it's okay to say listen there's a lot of uncertainty here this is what we're certain about mm -hmm. this is what we know these are things that are still being developed or these are things that yeah. are still working out i think larry i think that kind of pulls everybody into the journey. It does. It pulls that, hey, we're in this together. It does. This is this is a place where we need to apply faith. We need to apply, you know, trust in the Lord. Yeah. And that's, you know, because, yeah, it can be sticky. I mean, change is always, you know, the uncertainty of it, the it, it can always, it, it can be challenging for people. Yes. And, uh, well, you're yeah. giving ownership. You're giving that right. sense of stewardship. And right. it's building 
teams. It's not just us doing it ourselves. You know, when I speak at leadership seminars, I often say this. I'll say, a pastor will go to a leadership seminar, and God will speak to him about something. And God's been trying to get his attention for 20 years. He finally gets a revelation. Right, right. He goes back home, <laughs> and he expects the elders and the people in the church to get it in 20 days. Right. You, you know, right. so we need right. to, he's the God of the process. So I appreciate yeah. so much what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that was kind of from the perspective of handing things over mm-hmm. and I did that with the, we did that with the church. We did that with uh, the school that we planted. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just, I mean, you can never avoid everything. You know, there, right. I think there's a little bit of a trap in that where you try and avoid all pain or right. all challenge. Right. And sometimes you just got to own it and be like, okay, this is uncertain. This is a challenge. And we need to focus on trust. We need to focus yes. on faith. We need to focus on yes. hope and the vision that the Lord has yes. for us walking forward. I think for me, um, one thing that really helped me as the transitioning leader mm-hmm. in that time was having a compelling vision for the next season. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, you know, you can see a lot of times where... You're talking about for you personally now? For me personally, okay. yeah. Okay, it's how you handle personal transition now. Right, okay. you know, having a compelling vision where... Yeah. Um, I, I've seen where... It's hard for leaders to, especially something that they've loved and poured mm-hmm. themselves into, and and the, they've poured their life into yeah, this. It's like that. a child, you know. It's mm-hmm. and you know, ten, twenty, thirty years. Uh, you know, we, you know, we only poured in, uh, I think, around twelve. You know, mm-hmm. into this, into the church there, and we. You, but one thing that was hard for me is is. You know, you always want to fix things. You want to step in. You know, you want to you want to say something. And and one thing I've really realized too is that, I, and I think I I didn't always do this well, Larry, uh, is that recognizing as a founder, you're you have a ton of influence, right? You know, or as someone who has pastored a long time yes. or led, I mean, yes. maybe it's a school, maybe it's a, That's right. a you know a church, maybe it's something else, a business or whatever. Like you have a ton of influence mm-hmm. just in your personality, That's right. and just in who you are. So when when you say something that you feel like is just an opinion, mm-hmm. um, it can come across cross as a directive, mm-hmm. you know, or if you say something that's just like a preference, like, oh, I think, I think, you know, that would be good that way. Or it almost comes across to everyone who's loved you and walked with you mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. It comes across as a directive. And so, you know, as a transitioning leader, it was like, man, I, and you know, our, our guys would tell us this all the time, like, Hey, you don't understand the influence that you right, have. And right. it was really true, it's you true. know, and yeah. I don't always do it well, but the grace of God kind of covered well, us. Well, there's a that. discipline to that too. Cause yeah. I know when I, you know, was a senior pastor and then we decentralized and, and trained eight senior pastors and right. one church became eight churches. And I became a member of one of those churches. Wow. And then six yeah. months later, because there's new leadership. I was not an elder. I was not a pastor, you know, or a lead elder, anything like that. I led the movement, but I was in the local church. I was a church member. It's part of a small group. Yeah. And I remember yeah. people began to come to me and say, we don't agree with the way this church is moving. We don't agree with the leadership. And my response is a discipline. And because yeah. the truth is, in some cases, I didn't either. Right. So the discipline right. was a... That I am, that's no longer a field of ministry that God's given me. You need to go and talk to the leadership yeah. of the local church. So but how, that's a discipline. Yeah. I, you know, how, how, 
it's really a discipline and it's, it really takes a lot of self-awareness it does too in that it does and sometimes you can be just so used to being to having an opinion so right. used to or being an authority right right <laughs> and, or even recognizing i think sometimes that like well i'm a church member now they have an opinion i can have an opinion right you know but it's different but you can't do that <laughs> you really can't you know you, you really really can and i found and in that role many times when it, i've turned many things over over the years obviously yeah. uh i found that i could still give my opinion to the leadership but made it clear you're responsible before the Lord. This is my opinion. Right, right. This is, and we're different leaders. And you yeah. do it the way God's called you to do it. And that has really worked. Because yeah. that's built trust. It's been trust over the years. It's been, been fantastic. Yeah. But I, you are so right about that. I think that is a real key there with building trust. Because, you know, that really has to be fleshed out and worked out between, like, the outgoing leader and the incoming leader. Mm -hmm. That level of trust. Um if, if the incoming leader feels like they don't have the authority to change things right. or that everything that they work hard to do can just be undone in a split moment right. because of one comment mm -hmm. from the outgoing right. leader, that, that really can violate that trust. And mm -hmm. so there's a lot of communication that needs to happen there, um, I think, to just build that relationship and build that trust. And then be really intentional not to violate that, right. you know. And exactly. I, yeah, I didn't always do it well, Larry. I, I, I know I haven't not always done it well either. The older you get, the more you learn those, <laughs> those things. Well, yeah. So one thing I think too is that you know, with the the new oncoming leader, like they, they, and I hate to say it this way, but they need to have the freedom to fail. They do. Yeah. And that if you haven't given them the freedom to fail, then you actually haven't given them the freedom to lead. Or That's you haven't true. given them the, the authority to lead. They might have it in name, but they right. if you keep wanting to step back in to tweak and adjust, and then you know the influence still remains with you. That is right. And yeah, so... No, I agree. Um, th that's a hard line. You know, mm -hmm. that's a, especially when, like, you've poured your life and soul into something... Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, I don't know if there are any easy answers for that, right. but other than just to know it, you know, like I said, I don't know if I've learned this as much as I've just observed some of these things right. to know it and then try and, oh, this is, this is that moment like right. where I need to, I need to pause and be self-aware mm -hmm. to kind of come back to that. And some of it has to do with how the transition happens. For example, in some transitions, sure. the, the, the former leader may leave and may never come back, may be involved in some other ministry, business, right. part of the body, whatever, and there's really no connection. That's probably a little bit easier in some ways for both. Right. But when you're building a relationship, and many times, like in your case, when you turned the church over in South Africa, you became the overseer of the leader of that church. So you still are very invested, but right. in the person, your heart obviously for the church, you'll speak into that leadership, but yeah. you recognize that they need to lead the way they've been called to lead. And they are wired by God differently than you are. Oh. Oh, so true. <laughs> like, you know, and we've talked about this before. I thought everyone had the same perspective right, that I did, exactly. you know, and, and as, a, and no, we, we don't, we're all different. And right. no, even if you find two people who are so similar, like yeah. there's going to be key differences in the way they flesh things out and work things out. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's true. I think Larry, a lot of time, I know it's, it's, it's true for me. You know, we look, we, we value ourselves. We value our journey with the Lord. We, we value our process. And we should. Yeah. Right. But then when we go to look for a successor, we're looking for a similar process. Right. And that's kind of the rub, I think, for a lot of leaders is, is 
you know, maybe maybe they've been involved in ministry for, you know, a coon's age or whatever. Yeah. And now the next leader doesn't have that experience, doesn't right. have that mm-hmm. process, doesn't have, you know, the, the weather, weathered the storms. And how do you, you know, that's always a big question uh, that is dialogued about is how do you deal with that? Like, how do you get through some of that? And, you know, I think for me with what we've looked at, you know, there's a real God element in it. Like we have to, we have to find who God has prepared Mm -hmm. and trust God's process Mm -hmm. in their life. But then also um, maintaining a good relationship, maintaining that trust level uh, that you can have that kind of speaking into their life um, as an outgoing leader. And then, you know, really being able to say, I'm okay with this being uh, different than the way I did it. Exactly. And, and also and, and looking to the new leader and, and asking them, what do you need from me? Yeah. And, and that'll be different depending on the situation, depending yeah. on how they're wired and what God's called them to do. One of the things that doesn't change or that uh, um, an outgoing leader should look at, look for, and really explain well is their why. Right. So that yes. when, you know, somebody else might see that and, and come to that why a totally different way, you know, or do that a totally different way. But if you are able to communicate the why, like That's the importance of it, the, the key element of like, hey, what we're driving at and why we do this this way. This is why we make these decisions in this way. And the new yeah. leader may do it differently, but yeah. at least he knows why the former leader did it that way. Yeah. It's, it's, I agree totally. Yeah. And then in that, you know, the, there's the freedom to change, uh, you know, uh, the way you do it. The, mm-hmm. the whole procedure might change a little bit, but the why remains the same. The, it's really... What's unique about your experience is you're experiencing all these different kinds of transitions at the same time. You know, you've gone through personal transitions. You're going through personal transition. You, at the same time, you have helped others in their transition and leadership. Same time, you're helping others in other ministries with their transition all at the same time. That's that's an amazing thing. Not many people have that many transitions at the same time, but. You're weathering the storm really well. I'm well, impressed. I hope so. I really I hope am. so. But yeah, I, you know, I think one thing that's too that I've re- we've had to deal with. My wife and I have had to deal with is um, recognize that there is an element of fatigue yeah. that comes in, and yeah. so staying, trying to stay healthy. You yeah. notice I said trying to stay healthy. Right. <laughs> you know, getting away when you need to get yes. away. Like it's more important in a transition. Like there's a lot going on. It's a huge leadership step. It's a, you know, so you would tend to really want to engage more than you would normally in just the na- normal maintenance of things and, yes. and running of new programs coming in, all that kind of stuff, new things that you're doing, new outreaches. And now this, you have this big transition thing that's like, we need to do this well. We have the responsibility to do this well. We have, you know, and all of that. And you can almost, I know I can, and my personality can almost like over-engage in that. And I know that like, you know what, like I, not only can I wear my teams out, but I can wear myself out without realizing it. But let me ask you a question about that, because we represent different generations and I'm like 30 years older than you are, you know, Uh, and you know, this is this is my perspective. You speak speak into this for me. My perspective is that my generation, we worked really hard. In some ways, we were workaholics. In some ways, we seemed, seemed too much burnout. 
We've seen too many families struggle. We've seen, seen that because of, you, you know, the Lord's coming back. We've got to build the kingdom. We've got to see the church built around the world. Mm-hmm. We've got to you know, make disciples and those things are all true. Yeah. But I think something we, uh, most of us in our generation, I'm speaking in general terms, didn't learn how to rest well, didn't learn how to play well, didn't learn how to do downtime well, I, I think. And mm-hmm. I, my, yeah. my understanding, you tell me if I'm right or wrong, I could be too missing it, is that your generation is going to do it differently. You're going to say, no, we, you know, we need to do downtime. We need to make sure that we're healthy in our soul, you know, right, right. and it's not all about the Great Commissions, and, and that, as important as it is, Jesus called us to that. Yeah. But it's really making sure that our, 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 our connection with God is right and is healthy with family. Talk to me about that. Do you see so, the difference? Do you see that I, in my generation? I see the difference. Yeah, I see the difference, you know, when you talk about the, the baby boomers, Generation yeah. X, uh, yes. the millennials, and now, you yeah. know, this current generation. I'm speaking the mainly from baby boomer generation. Sure. Okay. It did a lot of things, but... Oh, man. Accomplished was worth, a ton. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also saw a lot of success. Like, there was, especially in the U.S. and the Western Hemisphere, right. uh, there was, you know, I mean, business was exploding. Right. Stock market was doing great, you know, yeah. except for a few major dips. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, in terms of coming out of the whole, uh, you know, the whole World War II era... Right. And the Great Depression, which would have been your parents and your grandparents. Yeah, my, my parents, yeah. You know, that, We've been through that, yeah. Yeah, that, you know, kind of would have set their mentality. And, and then, you know, the children after that, I think. The reason why I'm talking about in these terms is I actually studied this about 10 years ago. Really? And how the UN uh, was having problems. Not real problems, but they were uh, addressing these multi-generational issues where they had they still had the the world war ii era uh, and great depression era leaders around at that point and they had the baby boomers and they had the generation x and then you know at that point they called the generation y right um and how different they worked in terms of an office and i mean just working together and the challenges that they were having and challenges they were actually addressing and I read that, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is happening all over the church, you know. And since then, Larry, a lot more uh, has been read, uh, written about sure, it, sure. a lot more has been said about it, that to the point when I went back, I couldn't even find that original article. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it was buried under so much stuff. Sure. But, um, yeah, there's really, I think it's not just, you know, I don't know if I can speak for my entire generation. I, I'm, I kind of bridge Mm-hmm. Uh, the the generational X and generation the millennials yeah. and and now we have a whole new generation that are coming up that are the leaders you know, they really like are amazing generation you know, they're yeah. not like they're not just the young people they're not just the youth but like these are the people yeah. you know I mean millennials are in their thirties right you know and the church is still Most talking so. about millennials yeah like well the eighteen year olds you know they're they're pushing out there like that's yeah. the generation that's the leaders where we need to be training and so yeah. you know i think we're a little bit behind the curve sometimes I in the church so. when we're talking about that kind of yeah. stuff but you know there is this tendency that and i think what what i read in this study was that um for your generation for the baby boomer generation there was huge returns for the amount of work you put in mm-hmm. So when you worked really hard and and Mm -hmm. threw a lot of hours into it, like you saw huge returns of that. That's true. 
you know, on that. Like, mm -hmm. you could just work harder, and, and it, you would make more money. I mean, in general, you would mm -hmm. make more money. You would, you would see a lot more success. You know, you would apply things. Things were being built. Um, in society, though, that started to shift where, like, in Generation X and Generation and Millennials, Generation Y, would, where you're not guaranteed. Like, you can work hard. You can study hard yeah. from our generation. Yeah. You can study hard. You can get all the degrees you want and still wind up dirt poor. Yeah. yeah. Like, you can put all your heart into something, all your work into something. And not come out financially ahead. Not come out, um, you know, even organizationally ahead. And so, you know, I mean, just looking at job security uh, in the sense of, you know, for the baby boomer generation, if you would get trained and be faithful to your organization, That's that true. you could be there your whole life. Long term, yeah. Right. I, I think, I forget what the statistic is, but for like millennials, if you're, if you're not expecting a job change in eight years, like you are pretty well missing it. Yeah. I, I, and I forget exactly what yeah. that statistic is, sure. but it's like job security just doesn't exist anymore because of, I think it has to do with a, a ton of things, but because of like the on the, you know, the onboarding of systems and the internet and all of that kind of thing where younger people are more adept. So you can put four years into a college, six years into a college degree and someone, and, and in 10 years, somebody coming out of high school will know more Maybe. about you know, about uh, the, the communication sure, systems sure. than you would have. Yes. And then you have this thing where companies are looking at overhead and they're saying, well, it's a lot cheaper to hire somebody right out of college or right out of high school. And, you know, college is kind of a norm. So right out of college, it's a lot cheaper to hire that person than it is to hire somebody who has gotten increases and in raises every year, you know, for the last 10, yeah. 15, 20 years. And so... Yeah, you know, you go through an economic downturn, and and everyone there's things yeah. that gets, you know, the the fat gets cut in that right. sense of of overhead costs right. and that kind of thing. And so, job security is not what it was. Right. Uh, I think our generation feels that a little bit, where, you know, like if I don't look out, I've I've had this thought so many times for myself that if I don't look out for my own health mm -hmm. and I don't look out mm -hmm. for my, the health of my family. Like yeah. nobody else is going to take that responsibility. Right. God has actually given that responsibility That's to right. me. That is correct. And so I can pour myself out for other people and which is good. We should, but they'll, they'll take, you know, like other people just keep taking, you know? Right. And so I think there's this caution too. Um, in in my generation, maybe where we're saying, okay, we want to achieve great things. We want to accomplish great things, but we don't want to do it at the cost of our family. We don't want and to do it so at the right. cost of it's our so right. health, or, you know. Yeah. And, hey, if God calls us to go into a military zone or whatever, sure. and, and we're that type of person, sure. we would go, you know, right. that kind of thing. But, like, you know, so, but in terms of, like, the health of our soul, and there's so much out there right now with depression and anxiety and, you know, so many things that... Are uh, are my current generation struggles with, uh, and those coming up after us, and I think it's it's part of that whole thing, you know, yeah. where 
people desire health. And, and I, I agree to it. Now, we, are in, we are in a time in history where many of my generation are turning leadership over to younger generations in many realms. Right. And I talked to young businessmen, they, their, their father was leading the business, they turned it over to them. Right. I mean, on and on, on and on. And of course, in the church, it's happening a lot. Now, so obviously a transition, that's the big T word, right. affects a younger generation. You're helping people a lot younger than you yeah. in transition right now. And it affects both generations, uh, my generation or older generation at the same time. Yeah. What are some things that are important for my generation to know or do that will really help your generation or younger generations? Yeah, I think, I mean, that's a great question. I think uh, the value on relationship. So I don't know if there's like, you know, uh, I mean, there's key principles we can talk about, but they, if they're not worked out in the framework of relationship, right. that um, one thing that's really important for my generation is to understand the motive. So the, that's the why the in why. some ways. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and even the motive for connection, the motive okay. for relationship, that kind okay. of thing. So uh, I think... Uh, we can all assume things. We can all have assumptions that everyone understands our motives. We're in this organization. We're all moving forward, you know, right, in right. the same direction. Um, so just really kind of carrying that on 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 your sleeve, mm -hmm. you know. Hey, this is why I'm doing this. This is why I want to talk uh, with this meeting. This is why I want to mm -hmm. do this. I think that's important um, because we might derive a different, you know, modus operandi of getting to sure. the end goal, but it, we want to keep the end goal. We want to keep the vision, uh, you know, out there right. and, and achieve that. So I think that's important. Um, I think, yeah, you know, man, from your generation to my generation and to the younger generation than me, because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm pushing 40, you yeah. know, and, and yeah. so, you know, I, I, it was interesting. I, I went from being the, the, older young guy to being the younger old guy <laughs> you know? and it really yeah. it happened in a split second i didn't even realize it. i was like oh yeah. wait a second i'm talking with people older younger than me yeah. and i'm like oh shoot i'm old <laughs> <laughs> like in their mind you know yeah. uh, and we joke about our staff and everything we joke about it and we have a good time about it you know but um i think you know reaching out and explaining the why really having not being engaged, not being married to our processes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it would be a really helpful mm -hmm. a way to communicate and bridge this, bridge mm -hmm. these uh, generational gaps. The whole communication thing is so important because if we're truly communicating and the heart is trust and the heart is, I'm going to see the next generation, whether it's next generation you're trying to help or, or I'm trying to help or whoever, right. see right. them fulfill all God's given them and say, we're gonna teach you and tell you everything we've done, why we've done it, but then you have grace to take it to the next generation. Because I had realized in my life, I had grace for a generation, work with a group of people for mm -hmm. a generation, see God do some amazing things. But then the next generation is gonna be somebody else who have grace to yeah. do things far beyond that. And sure, there may be input I would have or my generation has, but the responsibility is that next generation to do that. Right, and so right. it's, it's down to relationship, I agree. Mm -hmm. it's down, you've mentioned communication again and again. Mm -hmm. It's down to process. You've talked about that again and again. It's the why. Mm -hmm. uh, so do I this. Think, yeah. Go ahead. You, you mentioned a really good word there. I just want to highlight. Yeah. You said the grace for it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things, like even when you're looking for a success or that kind of thing, yeah. 
you know, they, they're not going to have the emotional, right. if, especially if you're an older generation looking at a younger generation, they're not going to have the emotional history. They're right. not going to have the emotional maturity right. Right. that you have. But, yeah. you know, that's where we have to say, what is the grace of God on their life? Yeah. You know, do they have the grace, which, you know, Paul, when he talks about grace, he talks about the ability, the supply like right. everything, it, it's not just amazing grace as in God's right. grace oh, for yeah. salvation, yeah. but it's, yes, it starts with salvation, but it's everything it that is. you actually need to accomplish. The ability that God gives us. Right. Yeah. And so looking and, and thinking um, in, in those terms, I think one thing I heard you mention, you talked about a Peter principle where people mm. like yeah. will hit their ceiling. Right. And I think that th- one of the things to kind of get beyond that is look for gifting, look for raw talent that can be developed and trained, but then looking for grace, you yeah. know, yeah. in terms of what do they have a grace to do? Exactly. What do they have uh, the ability to do and, and the calling? And that's the God element mm-hmm. in that, you know, where you don't, people don't hit their ceiling uh, so, so much. But one thing I've had to learn, Larry, is trusting mm-hmm. the grace. Yeah. And that, and even I, I've had to learn to trust the grace in my own life when I didn't feel prepared. Right. But I, you know, I, I knew I'd put the time in. I knew I'd put right, the work right, in. Right. And like, okay, God, I'm reliant on your grace. I think we all do oh, that, especially yeah. as leaders where oh, we're just like, yeah. okay, like here, but for the grace of God, go I. You know? Yeah. If God doesn't show up, context, it's all over. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right exactly. Right. But then there's another step in learning to trust the grace yeah. on another person's right. life and saying yeah. like, okay. And then defining too, I think, for for both leaders, there should be a definition of what is my grace, and then what is my preference and my personality. Mm-hmm. For both leaders, right? And you know, really kind of camp in the grace side. So, like, God mm-hmm. has given me a grace to lead, and this is the way it's done. This is the way right. you know I have this vision, I have that, and you're able to communicate out of that grace. And the the next leader coming in needs to be able to have a trust for that grace as well. Right. You know, so it goes both ways. It does. It, you know, there's a high emotional equity needs, uh, you know, account yeah. in both people. It needs to be on both sides. It's not yeah. just like if we're looking from one transition of an older generation to the next. Like, it, of course, that's needed on that side. Right. But it's also the other way, too. You yes. know, where, you know, getting that emotional equity in our accounts right. is really important, yeah. I think. No matter what the age is, no matter what the generation exactly. is on, for any transition, is saying, okay, so this is, like, I know a little bit what's my personality. I know a little bit, like, okay, this is my strengths and weaknesses, and I I can push like this, and I can do that and do that, you know. But then when talking about the grace that God has given me, Mm -hmm. this is how that defines it. And if we're able to have those kind of discussions with, you know, each other as leaders, it really can help clear things up and get a lot of things out of the way. And then, and then we have grace for each other. Like, Oh, that was just so-and-so. And, 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 you know, that was, that was just Bob and his, his, the way he looks at life and he'll, he's wired. It's okay. He'll be back tomorrow, you know, (laughs) right. You know, and you can have grace then with one another for when we're off because in transitions, it's tough. There's uncertainty. There will be days when you're off. There will be days you feel like you're in Saul's armor, whatever. Right, right. But have grace in that transition yeah. time. You know, God has grace for transitions. Good. And, yeah. In closing, let's do this. I, we've got many who join us today who are going through transition. Either leading transitions, being the in a transition, or somebody else leading a transition they're in, or whatever. 
and just take a moment to speak into their lives, encouragement, mm -hmm. if you want to pray, whatever you want to do. Yeah, uh, sure. Please do that. Yeah, so in a transition, I just want to encourage you, don't get weary. Whether you're the incoming or the outgoing leader, don't get weary. There is a there is an element of fatigue that you can go through. We call it, my family and I called it transition fatigue, where it was like, oh my goodness, we're just going from one thing to the next. And and one thing we've really learned is it takes a lot longer than we thought it would, and that's probably a product of our personality, but um, our family's personality. But give yourself time. Give yourself grace. Uh, give yourself grace to not always do it well, and create a, in your relationship between you know the the incoming outgoing leaders and and all the other leaders and everyone else create the ability to say hey can i have a do-over i didn't do that well you know give each other the grace to be able to do that and and do do-overs um and then take care of your heart take care of your soul mm -hmm. you know god's interested in our soul uh he's interested in, i think ephesians 3 talks about you know god's desire in our inner man you know and so he cares about that. Um, yeah, I think, you know, grace is there for transition. There's a lot of grace for transition mm -hmm. in God's heart. Um, so let's, can we just pray? Do it, please. Father, I thank you for every leader, every person who's going through a season of transition in their life. I thank you that you're there with them. I thank you that they can trust their relationship with you. They can trust their personal history with you. God, even in hearing other things, hearing other people's stories, hearing other people's testimonies. Father, I pray that they would not devalue their own walk with you in any way. I thank you that you're leading them. I thank you that there is grace for transition. I thank you that it's a supernatural grace, God, that you deposit and give to us in our generations. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you that we can move against the culture that says there's a huge gap. Mm. In Jesus' name, there's Amen. not a gap, God. You're, right. You are the, bre the breach filler, mm -hmm. Lord. You're the one who fills the gap. And so we thank you, God, for uh, all that you want to do, God, to see your kingdom grow and move from one generation to the mm -hmm. next. Father, we pray for healthy transitions. Mm -hmm. We thank you, God, and we celebrate healthy transitions. We celebrate every step towards health in every transition that is happening in the name of Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. I thank you for anointing. I thank you for grace. I thank you for wisdom and understanding and the ability, God, to be okay with uncertainty through a transition mm -hmm. season in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Thank you for joining us today as we talk about transitions again, leadership discussions, those things, even small things sometimes that we can learn that make a massive difference in people's lives in the future. So we look forward to seeing you again and hanging out with you again as we have more discussions on leadership. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKreider.com.